Mama Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away three months ago. He is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system, where he can't speak or understand the language. He will be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul and voice your concerns to please keep Bradley here in these United States at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a return guest. I have James Cisco back on. He was last on December 12th, season three, episode 176, where we talked about personality disorders in the family court. Well, he's back to provide an update on his efforts to reunite with his children. Jim has not seen his children in over 17 months after raising two of his three children by himself for over a year. After filing for divorce, Jim's ex-wife gave him primary physical custody of his twins, Ryan and Tabitha, separating them from their younger sister, Samantha. While Samantha was in her mother's care, she threatened self-harm. Due to the overwhelming amount of evidence of parental alienation, which is also child psychological abuse, and physical and emotional abuse, Jim decided to represent himself in court. However, Judge Thomas P. Mann, that's M-A-N-N, presided over the case and ruled that Mr. Sisko had practiced extreme parental alienation that was tantamount to child abuse. Judge Mann his ruling was not based on facts or evidence. There were never any allegations of physical, mental, or emotional abuse by his ex-wife or her lawyer, and there were no expert witnesses. The only witnesses in the trial were his ex-wife's father and best friend. Judge Thomas P. Mann gave full legal custody of all three children to Jim's ex-wife, and his visitation was limited to 30-minute Skype calls on Sunday evenings only. His decision was based upon this opinion that Jim had practiced extreme parental alienation that was equivalent to child abuse. Judge Mann forced Jim to undergo a psychological evaluation complete a 14-week parenting course, and enroll in anger management therapy. Jim completed the court's requirements and returned to court to increase visitation and custody. Judge Mann prompted the opposing counsel to file a motion to strike, which he granted, stating there was no material change in circumstances and awarded $30,000 in legal fees. Judge Mann's decision was heavily influenced by the death of his own daughter, who was murdered by her male college roommate. Over the past two years, Jim has spent over $250,000 in legal fees, contacted Child Protective Services on seven different occasions, spoken with experts in the field of parental alienation, and reached out to numerous veterans organizations and fathers advocacy groups to get help. Unfortunately, his efforts continue to fall upon deaf ears, which is why he launched a social media campaign and wrote a number one best-selling book to create awareness. And I welcome you back, Jim, to the podcast. I'm glad you're back here for an update. And where are you at with your, you know, your um, advocacy and your book? So first of all, thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully this will be very informative for your, your audience and viewers. Um, for my case right now, it's still uh, under the uh, Court of Appeals in Virginia Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that's gonna go well. And the reason why is Judge Mann was recently appointed to the Virginia Supreme Court. And you know, as everyone knows, you know, these lawyers, judges, they have relationships, you know, inside the courtroom and outside the courtroom. So my case is under appeal. Judge Mann is on the Virginia Supreme Court, even though he has to recuse himself from that case. 
I'm sure he's talking to other judges about it. And those judges mm-hmm. are inquiring and, you know, he's obviously, you know, providing his spin on that. So mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at. I still can't see my kids because while the case is under appeal, I can't file any motions, but what I'll do is I'll talk about what I've been trying to do uh, and some of those efforts to hopefully, you know, just get some visitation with my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very odd that she would only want one of the children as opposed to taking all three away from you. That's yeah. very odd. So the dynamics were really that the my youngest daughter was always kind of envious of the twins. So she always craved attention. Mm-hmm. By my wife giving me primary custody of Ryan and Tabitha, it allowed her to have our youngest daughter, who was very emotionally needy. So she had her to herself. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that my ex-wife, um, you know, she can't be alone. She mm-hmm. didn't want to be alone. The, the, the twins didn't want to live with her because of certain things she did to them, you know, which I talk about uh, on my TikTok channel. And you were talking about extreme parental alienation, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, and these things that my ex-wife did alienated the kids from her. They didn't want to live with her. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the youngest daughter was craving attention. So it, it was a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that really troubled me is that my youngest daughter threatened to hurt herself with a knife and while under my ex me. I found out a week and a half later from uh, from my lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, you know, I thought this was a perfect you know, case for me. And obviously, you know, that didn't work out in my favor. Uh, That's such a shame uh, because these Skype calls have not been going well. And, you know, and and I think the common tactic I'd like to bring up and not just with your Skype calls, but with everybody's Skype calls, the parent is usually standing in back of the computer, staring at the kid, eyeballing them, uh, making sure they either keep quiet or, you know, they're making, I'm sure they're making facial gestures at these kids to say what they are expected to say. They're being coached. Yeah. I mean, I can't weigh in on that because I can't see her. However, I can tell you from my observations, you know, when we first started the Skype calls, you know, they were fun. They were, you know, the kids were excited to see me. They were like, we're talking about school and what they're up to. And they're asking me questions and they're saying, dad, I miss you. My youngest daughter's like, dad, can you come to my gymnastics event? My, and over the seventh course of the 17 months, it's just deteriorated. And I, and I, and I, when I talk about this, I say they're like little prisoners of war. They're marched out. They're sat in front of the computer. You know, you can see them physically looking up at, you know, my mm-hmm. ex-wife mm-hmm. and what my ex-wife has has been doing lately is really disgusting. Mm-hmm. She'll she'll take the computer and turn it to herself and sit there and look at me because she wants me to see her. She's trying to trigger me and into saying things and and then she'll she'll say something like "Nope, goodbye" in a very mm-hmm. sadistic mm-hmm. way. And and for me, you know, I, I'm not going to be triggered. But what kind of message does she send in the kids? You know, how, the kids are watching this. And, you know, I know the kids are confused. I've asked the kids, you know, hey, how do you feel? What do you think? And, you know, they fail to respond where in the beginning they would tell me. So obviously this is having an emotional impact on the children. Obviously it's, you know, having an impact on me. But, you know, at what point is somebody going to hold her accountable? And this is a good segue into, you know, kind of what I want to talk about CPS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you know, CPS is just, um, it should be abolished. They're inept and they really serve no earthly purpose. They're parasites that just destroy families. That's how I view them. Yeah, what well, they've done to me. I would, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, as, uh, as hard on them. I think that for some cases, they do have a good purpose. But in my case, I'm just going to, uh, you know, kind of give the facts. And the facts of the case are that I have called Child Protective Services on eight different occasions. And uh, I have 
provided evidence of physical abuse, audio tapes of my ex-wife, uh, you know, abusing my daughter. I have provided text messages of my daughter um, saying, Liz slapped me. Can I call 911? Help mm -hmm. me, daddy. Help me, daddy. I'm going to die. I've provided other uh, evidence when uh, my ex-wife abandoned my children. She took them to laser tag, left them in there by themselves. And my youngest daughter was crying because she was afraid of uh, being by herself. So she could go out to the car and find my daughter's iPhone because so she wouldn't allow me to communicate with her. I had to call the police when my son locked himself in the bathroom because my wife was chasing after him. And you know, so I have all of this evidence. I call CPS on seven different occasions and they each time they refuse to open up a case. Now, here's the really disturbing part. Um, I, there's, a, there's a several people who are helping me out with this case, including yourself. And one of them, one of the individuals called and he is a published author, has three books and uh, has a lot of experience, personal experience um, in uh, parental alienation and abuse. He called and spoke with the same CPS officer that I did and for over an hour <laughs> and trying to convince them that what my ex-wife is doing is abuse. <laughs> and we got the standard answer. I'm sorry, this doesn't meet the level uh, or criteria of child protective services. And, uh, and the, you know, I understand that, you know, there's these protocols in place However, when do people just apply common sense and they say, hey, this is really a screwed up situation. Maybe we should really look into it. But the thing that annoyed me the most is I'm on the call with this woman, Lisa, from Child Protective Services in Fairfax, uh, you know, Virginia. And, and I, I was telling her about how my 13-year-old daughter was complaining about the Skype calls and certain things. And she just dismissed it and said, well, you know how 13 year olds are these days and kind of laughed. I mean, so you're a child protective services uh, person. Wouldn't you be a little empathetic and start joking around about how, well, you know how 13 year olds are these days. <laughs> mm. I mean, and that was like, you know, for me, that was kind of the last straw. But child protective service has been totally worthless. When they, and there are, there are laws in place that, any care provider or caregiver who is made aware of physical abuse needs to report that. They failed to do so on mm -hmm. seven different occasions. And for me, where's the accountability? I, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed uh, to keep calling CPS? It's intentional negligence. I, I mean, this is where I would hope that some civil rights advocate or some law firm says, wow, I can't believe what's happening to this individual. I'm going to represent him. We are going to, uh, you know, we're going to file civil charges. We're going to file criminal charges. And, and that's what I've, you know, been waiting to do. So let's go back to Judge Mann, if we can. Mm -hmm. and, and let me talk about that for a second. So Judge Mann's ruling had no foundational basis. There was a, a handful of audio calls because my ex-wife recorded everything. Mm -hmm. You know, she had the typical playbook, record everything, do this, do that. Where I was more focused on, let's give the children a normal childhood. She's just building a case. Anyway, my ex-wife had me suspended from coaching the kids' rugby team. I coached Ryan and Tabitha's rugby team. And the, we had a we had a game and the game was over and as a good dad I'm walking the kids to her car because then she had custody. My ex-wife bought him a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Now, you know that's kind of for me. They just get done playing rugby and we're like, here have some donuts. You know, first of all, that's her parenting style, not mine. But so my you know my son said, hey dad, hey take a donut, Aww. and he ha hands me a donut. You know and. Uh, Aww. My ex-wife started yelling at him and yelling at me. Don't give him a donut. You, you put that donut back. And I'm like, hey, hey, uh, oh, Liz, no. it's a donut. I said, chill. I'm paying your car payments. You know, yeah. you can just chill out and let me have a donut. And she yeah. start, kept yelling at me. Well, anyway, walked away. 
she called the superintendent of uh, Springfield Youth uh, Community and, and filed a complaint, said that she was assaulted after a rugby game by one of their, one of the SYC members. I mean, and, and, and the funny thing is, uh, it's not funny at all, but mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, 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 the head coach of the rugby team, of the whole rugby uh, sports athletic league, he was a good friend of mine. We played rugby together for years. And he was like, you know, what is your crazy ex-wife doing? And mm-hmm. they opened up an investigation. They got me suspended for two weeks. And, uh, and then my ex-wife hid in the woods taking pictures of me uh, when I refereed a game and had the, the success. So anyway, wow. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. But anyway, so going back to this, I had called and Liz, my ex-wife and said, Liz, I, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is ridiculous. You've got me suspended from coaching the kids rugby team. I said, you, you win worst parent of the year award. Mm-hmm. And my kids were in the background and they heard me and they come running in and they're like, yeah, d- yeah, mom, you suck. Why did you oh, get really? that? Yeah. It was, I thought it was pretty funny. Obviously, yeah. obviously judge man didn't because he based everything on a handful of audio calls. Now I never cursed. I never screamed. I never threatened. I never mm-hmm. did anything like that. And the point being, and now I've spoken with Dr. Bennett and Dr. Boone, uh, who are experts in the field of parental alienation. I've emailed them. I've spoken to other experts. Judge man, number one, is not qualified to make any determinations on parental alienation. He doesn't, he's not trained in psychology, child mm-hmm. therapy. And so number one, he, num, that's number one. Number two, he didn't have any evidence. Like, I, like you said in the intro, my ex-wife didn't even accuse me of parental alienation. There was no evidence and there's no expert witnesses. There's no testimony. So he drums up this whole thing because of his worldviews, because of, you know, uh, what happened to his daughter. And he issues this ruling. So everybody I talked to is, you know, and, and unfortunately, I didn't, you know, I represented myself. I didn't appeal the first case. You know, he awarded $20,000 in legal fees. I mean, he just hammered me because of his own personal biases. And everybody who's seen this case, lawyers, therapists, everybody is like, this, he should, you know, number one, that this was an unjust ruling. Number two, that this should be overturned immediately. And number three, the children are suffering mm-hmm. because of his decision, which opens him up to civil, uh, a civil case and a criminal case. Mm-hmm. And in the next couple weeks, I will be launching criminal charges in a civil suit against Judge Thomas P. Mann. I think you should. Yeah, because if if this tragedy with his daughter was so affecting him, he should have just backed down. I, I know that judges want to save face, appear strong, and but he just should have said, hey, I'm just going to recuse myself due to personal reasons and got off the bench. He, did, he wouldn't have to say why, just personal reasons and handed it over to some other judge that hopefully could rule fairly. Well, here's the, here's the, the, the story behind the story. So after his daughter was murdered, he took a leave of absence. And everyone I spoke with is like, judge man is an awesome individual. He's strong. He's a great person. He's this, he's that he's a great judge. He's fair. And then you talk to lawyers and everybody else who know him and they said after he came back they assigned him to family court which i think is a huge mistake and they said ever since he came back he's a wild card you don't know which judge man you're going to see you don't know what's going to trigger him and nobody wants to get in front of him you know and in addition when i was going to get legal representation people would ask me well who's who's you know who's the other lawyer and then they would ask me, well, who's the judge? And when I told them, they said, you know, a lot of people just turned around and said, no, that's okay. You know, basically you're, you're screwed and we're not going to take this case. Now, here's the interesting thing. After his uh, daughter was murdered, he sought therapy, which, you know, I think is a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the therapist he saw was Dr. Mary Lindell. Dr. Mary Lindell is also treating my children. And this isn't a coincidence. My wife chose Dr. Lindell because she knew the relationship with, doc, uh, with Judge Mann. 
number one. And, num- and number two is I've spoken to about five or six uh, psychologists and therapists in my area. And each one has said that she hates men. She is, uh, she is very biased towards women and she's treating my children. Now I go to court, judge man uh, on the appeal case. And uh, my ex-wife's lawyer brings Dr. Lindell as an expert witness and then claims that I am harassing her, that my friends are sending harassing emails. Now, she never said this and never claimed this at all. And Judge Man issues a gag order. I am not allowed to communicate whatsoever with Dr. Lindell, who is treating my children. And if I do, he said in court, Dr. Lindell, if, if Mr. Cisco contacts you, you have every right to call the police. <clears throat> now, why am I so uh, upset about this? Is because she's been treating my children now for uh, over, I don't know, 11 months. I have no interaction with them. I have no interaction with her. And on the Skype calls, my daughter has said, well, the reason why we can't talk to you or see you is because of what you're saying on the Skype calls. And I said, wait a minute, where did you hear that? Well, Dr. Lindahl told us. So obviously Dr. Lindahl is you know, working with my ex-wife and trying to alienate me from my children. And I mean, it was so bad when we were at court, she was sitting with, now this is a person who's supposed to be objective. She was sitting with my ex-wife and the lawyer outside the courtroom. And I walked in, I'm mm-hmm. like, what, mm-hmm. what is, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I plan to, uh, to submit a, uh, a uh, grievance with the Virginia um, psychological bar. And I'm going to do that this week against Dr. Lindell. She has violated several AMA protocols and American uh, psychological association uh, standards you know, I asked her before when I could speak with her, what her timeline is, what her objectives were, what her therapy methods were, and she wouldn't answer. Finally, I called her up and she said, well, Mr. Cisco, it takes some time to build trust with the children. I said, well, you may never build trust. And I said, what's your objectives? And she literally said, well, I'm just going to let the children choose what their objectives are. And I was dumbfounded. I said, how can you let a 12 year old choose what their therapy objectives are? So, you know, that's kind of the situation with Judge Mann, with Dr. Lindell, and my current situation with the children. Uh, It's very, very sad that you ended up with this Lindell, that she was able to pick Lindell. That's a conflict of interest. Yeah, Um, Lindell should have backed out and had she done the right thing, which they don't, but had she done the right thing, she should have said, gee, I'm sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, I I can't because I worked with the judge. I can't get involved in this. This is unethical. Well, here's the worst part. So my ex-wife sends me a bill for $1,500 um, <laughs> on top of the typical therapy bills. And that bill has review of Skype calls, $150 to review each Skype call. So basically $1,500 a month. I'm being extorted to talk to my kids. I have to pay $1,500 a month for Skype calls. And by the way, the average Skype call, which was is supposed to be 30 minutes, on average has lasted under 11 minutes. My mm-hmm. ex-wife has ended every Skype call of the last 11. So I'm being extorted to talk to my children. And I've gotten to the point, I'm just refused to play. And I know that my ex-wife is going to take me back to court. And I'm pretty sure that if it goes to Fairfax County Court, Judge Mann's influence is still very, you know, is, is great there. And the judges are going to be like, see me as the bad guy. And they're not going to rule. They're going to, and I'm going to be subjected to paying for these you know, uh, fees and awarded more legal fees. So my ex-wife's not being held accountable. No. And the judicial system is just going to continue to empower her until at some point some judge is says wait a minute this is absurd and they 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 issue court fees to me and then she has to pay this will turn the whole dynamics 
The minute she's held accountable and has to pay, this will end. She'll be like, okay, let's not do this anymore. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, you know, using this power to advantage herself. So mm-hmm. it is really, a, you know, just a, a terrible situation. And, you know, fortunately for me, I'm strong enough to deal with it. You know, when I talk about, I'll tell you like in the book, but what about my kids? And everything is losing sight of the children. Mm-hmm. And the damage that's going to be done is going to be lifelong because what's going to happen is they're not going to have any trust of anything. They're going to develop personality disorders because of this. And also, again, you know, um, this could also result in, you know, uh, self-harming behaviors along with promiscuity, drinking drugs. And I, I don't, you know, I hate to say suicide, but these alienators that, you know, some people, people say parental alienation is junk science. Well, look at this case. Look at my case. There's a bunch of cases. It's not junk science. Yeah. Um, so this is like a really good transition for me. Um, and here's why. So, I lived this, you know, my, my father was uh, married three times. My mother was married four times. I grew up with my grandparents and didn't have a mother figure in my life. And that impacted me and had a huge influence and impact on my identity, on my behavior. And, you know, I've shared with you that I, I just wrote a, uh, a book and uh, it was based upon my time in desert storm. And, the book really doesn't talk about, um, you know, war and tactics and combat. It really talks about the physical and emotional uh, adversities that I experienced. And when I was going through this uh, CBT therapy, you know, my therapist asked, have you uh, ever journaled? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, when I was in Desert Storm. And I went home that night. And this is very personal. And I opened up the journal and I started reading it. And when I got done, I was just overcome with emotions. Mm-hmm. I had journaled almost each day in there and some of the most uh, traumatic things that happened to me. And when I left Desert Storm, I just packed them up, put them away and never wanted to deal with them. And then you know, reading that, it really opened up you know, some of these things that I was forced to face. And it was our podcast that you introduced me to a publicist. And she said, you have a number one bestseller. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. You know, five, four, five months later, we published bestseller. And it really talks about the emotional things and coming from a broken family and not having a mother figure. I didn't know how to interact with women in a healthy relationship until it was later in life. And mm-hmm. I see what's happening to my children. And I know from firsthand experience how this is going to impact them. And my wife is too selfish and insecure and ignorant, ex-wife, to realize that she's being mm-hmm. selfish. And because she knows once the kids are back in my life, they're not going to want to live with her. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm faced with. She should. Well, see, my ex was doing the same thing. If I... <laughs> Yeah, well, for instance, I think my middle one demanded that I get to see him on his birthday. So we had gone over, but the ex was always standing five feet away, listening in on the conversation and would correct me and say, Marianne, stop it. <laughs> well, you like- know what? <clears throat> I wish I wish that my ex-wife would do that. All no. she does is turn the Skype call and ends it, you know, so I would any type of dialogue. And, you know, my, um, one of my good friends is like silence is violence and her just being silent, not co-parenting, not making any efforts. And I just, you know, I want some judge to just go miss Cisco or miss Holtzman or whatever her name is these days. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Do you think that your behavior is in any way whatsoever is, is, is being productive? Mm -mm. you know and 
but it's all, everything is being focused on me, which, you know, like I said, I can, I can deal with this. I've done three combat tours in Afghanistan. I was on the, you know, in desert storm on the ground. You know, I talk about the, a lot of this in, in the book that I've written, but I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know, the kids, what is going to happen to them? You know, why doesn't a new judge get on there and look at all of this? And hopefully this judge would have a degree in psychology, but a deeper degree in child psychological abuse. Um, I know they're educated at, well. These Marianne, are- you know the court system. You yeah. have had guests in here. I have listened to several of your podcasts. And it's amazing the malfeasance and the just, you know, the, the buffoonery that's happening within the family court system. You know, your last guest, I mean, that case was tragic. Mm-hmm. And you know, just as well as I do, lawyers roll in the expert witnesses, they have their testimony and the judge who he doesn't want to be there. He has to make a ruling based upon four hours of, you know, lies, deceit, and all of these things. What does he do? He's not prepared or equipped or trained. He's a judge. And that's what burns my ass about Judge Mann. Mm -hmm. He made these rulings without any foundational evidence. So, I mean, and I want like some civil rights group to go, we're going to go take this case on, you know, but you, you, you know this firsthand. Your guests have talked about it malfeasance, balfoonery, and, and it continues to happen, which goes to what I really wanted to talk about. At what point do we operationalize this? You're doing God's work. You know, you're bringing attention to these, um, these, these individuals and, and, you know, what's happening within the system. And there's other advocacy groups out there, and there's parenting groups, and there's fathers groups, fathers for rights and fathers for justice. And, and what I've seen over the you know, past you know, two years is that everybody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What's, what is anybody doing about it? I, I challenge these people to say, hey, let's, let's put together a coalescing organization that executes on this. They see something in a state, they mobilize attorneys in that state mm-hmm. and you know, extreme cases, not for everyone, extreme cases. And they say, okay, we're going we're gonna to go represent this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the best you could get is Cordell and Cordell, you know, who men fighting for men. But they still charge, you know. Where are the therapists like Dr. Boone or Dr. Bennett who I've spoken with? And they're like, wow, your, tra- your case is tragic. I'm like, well, what can we do? Well, there's nothing we really can do, Mr. Cisco. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we do a case study? Why don't you, you know, contact my ex-wife and say, I'm here from the University of X, we want to use this as a case study. Can we please talk to you and your children? Oh, Just she, that, would hang up. she would hang up, I bet. Yeah, but you know what? It's just changing the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And they could put, you know, so what I'm saying is there is such a growing demand for this. And my fear, it is becoming a cottage industry, mm-hmm. not a solutions-based type of activity. Mm-hmm. It's more people making money. As a matter of fact, I don't want to, I should dime them out, but mm-hmm. I reached out to a father's group who was an expert in parental alienation. I went to their website and the first thing I got to schedule a intake exam, fill out this information and pay $150. Where are we at? Where are we right. at here? And what would their solution be anyway? So you're going to sit around and talk about it, but yet there's no solution. And they're not going to say, hey, we've got um, lawyers on staff that uh, are familiar with with uh, child psychological abuse. And we're going to put them on your case for X amount of time. And um, yeah, I'm sure they'd have to charge some type of flat rate fee, but keep it at a flat rate just to help somebody. So we're going to, you're going to, you know, and I would love this to happen. Hey, we'll uh, charge you $500 and we're going to review all of the case material and we're going to give you three uh, avenues to, uh, to, to kind of explore. Civil, criminal, and you know, within the structure of this. And then we're going to give you all of the statutes because 
your who was the woman that you had on? I watched the podcast. She clearly articulated the legal, um, you know, the laws, federal and state laws that these people were violating. And that's what we need. People, people like me, we need that. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, of course, you know, my podcast, you know, people are just talking about it. But, you know, uh, my hope is that a brainchild will be listening to this and come up with a solution. You know, if we get enough people listening to these stories, hopefully there will be a positive outcome with solutions. I can't solve it. Um, I don't know, because it's such a billion dollar industry. And I think a lot of parents maybe don't know this, but, you know, because of Title IV, D, B, and E, this is a multi-billion dollar industry that I'm sure they don't want to let go of. <laughs> yes. So... This goes back to what we discussed. I wrote a book mm -hmm. about my time in Desert Storm. The proceeds to my book are going to do two things. Number one, oh, and by the way, uh, shout out to Melanie. You know, yes. she told me it was going to be a number one bestseller. It, it was a number one bestseller in Amazon. It's still on the bestseller list. Um, and, and, and kudos to her. But what I wanted to say is I have started a TikTok account and I started posting on TikTok on one of my videos. I've gotten over a hundred thousand views. My follower group is up in the three thousands now. Um, and my other video got 97,000 views. I'm going to use this as a platform now and I'm going to use the proceeds to my book to fund my own efforts. And I want to, develop a organization, maybe a 501c3, that really looks at advocacy, father's advocacies, looks at extreme cases of abuse, parental alienation and neglect, and then we execute on those. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've spoken with uh, people in, you know, all, in the, all over the world. As a matter of fact, Ryan Carlson, good friend, uh, he's, uh, he's in Thailand, he's a therapist. We communicate every day, but I think we can get it. It just takes a little momentum. It takes a little inertia and it takes a lot of persistence and I will not stop. I will not quit. And I will advocate on the rights in, uh, in behalf of other people. Mm -hmm. This, this is a problem that it needs to be addressed mm -hmm. and it's either going to be legislation through the States to do this, or it's going to be, you know, reach out to Governor X or, you know, and I would appreciate if you could do a, a, a you know, reach out to the governor of Virginia on this case, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and further podcast, because maybe it's the political uh, will that is going to overcome the, the bureaucracy or the legislative uh, hurdles that are in place. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, that's kind of what I have to say about that. <laughs> Forrest just, Gump. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> the legislation. I just, I, they just don't do anything. I've been talking to people, and they're all saying the same thing: that legislation. People are doing proclamations with their mayor on, you know, parental alienation. And what does that do? That's not doing anything to help anybody. And I, I like what you're saying. Um, even mothers could probably come that are having extreme uh, cases. Of yeah. Even if my case was still going and this was in, in progress, I would probably contact your group and say, I really need, you know, you need expert. And I hate it when I know people hate expert witnesses, but <clears throat> so, when, when they know what they're talking about, they're, they're very good, especially on this child psychological abuse, which is parental alienation. And I know parental alienation is the term is being abused in the courtroom to benefit a false narrative. Yep. And and what these judges are not psychologically trained on in their psychological training is child psychological abuse. Which goes back to CPS. They don't recognize parental alienation as a form of abuse. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you know, but in my case, they were coming after me for emotional abuse charges and turning in into parental alienation when none of this was ever happening. 
They'll go into a false <clears throat> narrative. This is scary. Yeah. Well, the thing that I would say to you, and you brought up this, this point just a minute ago, is that you want experts. I don't want experts. What all I want is competent individuals who are unbiased. Mm-hmm. You know, even the lawyers are some of the most incompetent people in the world when they get outside of their legal things. And I witnessed this firsthand. Lawyers are not willing to go against the judge. In my, in my case, the judge sat there and said, boom, 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 boom. And my lawyer just sat there and he ate a shit sandwich yeah. and didn't have the fortitude to argue back. Your honor, please explain to me why you're awarding $30,000 in legal fees. What is the precedence for that? Your honor, I can show you a hundred emails where Mr. Cisco's ex-wife continued to copy her lawyer and even me on emails just to raise the legal fees on simple emails. Your honor, this is a gross violation of your, but they won't get up there. They just sit there and go like this. Roger that your honor. Okay. Because they know they're going to be in that courtroom a week later or two weeks later or six weeks later, and they don't want to piss them off. So this, this is, you know, this is a crap system where if you do get this lawyer who's willing to do that, he's jeopardizing his own practice or the practice that he's working at. It's all legal abuse. I, I had a female attorney. Well, I had two of them, but uh, she was with me. And um, <laughs> we, she was asking, because all, all my kids wanted was to go back and forth between the houses like we had been for 10 years before. The ex married a woman who worked in the courthouse and inserted herself in the co-parent relationship. So my attorney was saying, you know, your honor, can we please go back to 50-50? And he goes, ah, no, I have my reasons. And she says, but your honor, we've done A, B, and C. Why can't we go back to 50-50? She's done everything you've asked. Uh, And then he yelled at her. He said, I have my reasons. What what legal reasons? He didn't you know, say. And she says, yeah. why? What are they? He just wouldn't answer her. He just didn't answer her. And I don't know if he was being a chauvinist or what his problem was, but his his issue was with the opposing attorney because they were BFFs. And people say my case is a one-off case, you know, but no, this is happening everywhere. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. When they say this is a one-off or no, it's happening, you know, more, it's more prevalent than people want to imagine. Right. I mean, we can read every day about judges who are being bribed or judges who are corrupted. They're, in today's world, nobody is susceptible. Everybody's susceptible. Nobody is above the law. And, you know, especially today. But, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I'm my case is just the most extreme case of abuse of a judicial power. And mm-hmm. it should be a case study. You know, if somebody's listening who is a lawyer or who is a therapist or who is involved in who's in the press, I would love a reporter to do a report on this. You know, Fox 5 in Washington or the New Mm -hmm. York Times Mm -hmm. or the New York Post. The minute, the second that this became public knowledge in a broader form, this would change the whole dynamics. I bet you a hundred dollars. I'll bet you a thousand dollars if this became a, a news story on a on a major outlet syndicate. Judge Man would retire immediately. Mm-hmm. And my, I, go ahead. I, and I know what would happen. It would bring such scrutiny to the actions, behavior of my ex-wife that she would immediately break. She's got some issues that she's dealing with. And this would break her. Mm-hmm. And, and not that I want that to happen. I want my children to have a good mother, but she is not a good mother. What she's doing now mm-hmm. is not anything that a rational mother would do. And I am concerned because of the pattern of physical abuse, parental alienation, emotional abuse that she had developed during the divorce and separation. 
I don't even know what's happening to my children. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she should watch, and I think everybody should watch Erasing Family. It's on YouTube, uh, yep. directed by Ginger Gentile. And um, it's very important that I think they should include it in all these parenting classes that they think are so great. Put put <laughs> put erasing family in there and make everybody watch it, and the kids should watch it as well. Um, I'm not saying three and four year olds. I'm saying kids that are probably twelve, ten to twelve up, maybe. You know, age could be questioned. We'll see, but it, it it because I think these kids also have a mate that in school that is going through the same thing, and say, oh yeah, my you know my dad's doing this to me or my mom's doing this to me. They're doing the oh that's what that's what my mom or dad did. You know, there there's a playbook to this child psychological abuse, and yeah. and it seems like it's. It's the same case, a different scenario. Yeah. And and the thing is for me that I watched this unfold with my ex-wife. Her cousin uh, went through a divorce and his wife, ex-wife, ran the same playbook. He hadn't seen his daughter in over two years. And my ex-wife is running the same playbook. As a matter of fact, my ex-wife threatened him. Mm-hmm. By saying, because he was he's a psychologist, and threatened him and his practice, saying that if he helped me in any way whatsoever, she was going to go after his license. This is the type of you know person that we're dealing with. Yeah, she goes after her own cousin and threatens him. You know, like I said, I'm just concerned with you know what's happening to my children, how they're being impacted, what she's saying, because. I'm just going to give you a really quick vignette. One of the guys I play rugby with, great guy, known him for years. And uh, when all of this started happening, he shared with me his story. And his story is 10 times more tragic than mine. And his story is that him and his wife, they were divorced when their son, Pedro, was two or three years old. The wife took custody and moved to a different state. And then had been physically abusive, emotionally abusive, to the point where Pedro, when he was in his late teens, finally moved back with his dad, but has such severe psychological issues that he is physically abusive to his father, that he is, yeah, that he is, he's, you know, physically abused, um, you know, his father on numerous occasions. As, as a matter of fact, I've called and said, listen, if this happens, call me, I will come over. I mean, cause he's a really big kid, very strong, plays rugby. Mm-hmm. And um, so I call Guillermo and I say, Hey, well, Guillermo and I have you know, connected on this. And, and right now Pedro's in treatment and therapy and he's, you know, over 21. So he's an adult. And this is a tragic story. We went out to lunch, you know, um, about a week ago, and and uh, he asked me to sign the book for him. And I wrote in my book, "Dear Guillermo, you are, you know, to my dearest friend Guillermo, you are the real hero. My time in Desert Storm is a microcosm of a lifetime of of pain and suffering that you have faced. That you are the you know, it was, it was amazing. I mean, he started crying and it was very emotional, but I'm strong enough to deal with this. There are other people out there who are suffering greater injustices. Mm-hmm. When is somebody going to do something? When are we going to stop talking about this and operationalize? Show me a lawyer who's going to say, Jim, I'm going to take your case. Show me a civil rights group that's going to say, we're going to go, we're going to go persecute this judge. I don't care about the mental trauma he's faced with his daughter. It doesn't give him the right to do what he's doing. When is all this going to happen? And, and that, you know, I don't want to sound like uh, I want to put a plug in for the book because the book will help people who are suffering similar challenges, emotional mm-hmm. uh, issues, trauma. I mean, the book is a guide 
to help people. And that's the overwhelming feedback I've gotten so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want people to purchase the book because it can help them at various stages in their lives. It can help them with the challenges that they faced based upon the life lessons that I learned because there's five critical life lessons in it. I talk about faith, education, uh, relationships, love, betrayal, things like that. So, um, you know, and that's, that's what's motivated me and, and kept me going in the, in the darkest period of my life. Mm -hmm. I think that's excellent. That's what, that's what people need is a book that will lift them up and guide them. And that's what I did with my book too. Uh, you can have a tragic story or go through a, a hard time and you, you served and thank you for your service and you turned it into something beautiful. And yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, and Christy Mitchell, who actually was responsible for giving me the journal, she wrote a very powerful note to me in private and said, you've taken this terrible situation and turned it into something positive mm -hmm. that your children will remember their entire lives. And mm -hmm. I dedicated, I dedicated the book to him. I mean, uh, if you don't mind, I'll read the dedication and then we can, sure. we can uh, end it. Uh, but um, this, you know, was really difficult for me when I wrote the, uh, the dedication. I wrote to my children, Ryan, Tabitha and Samantha. Know that I will always love you with all my heart, and being your dad gives me the greatest joy in my life. I am truly sorry that we are apart right now. I wish that I could be there to guide, protect, and comfort you. However, I look forward to being a part of your lives in the future so that together we can overcome life's most difficult challenges. Never forget that Cisco's don't lie, cheat, or steal, and that my job is to prepare you for life. That's and, uh, well said. You know, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's there for them for eternity. And, uh, and hopefully they'll read this, you know, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll understand what is happening and what has happened to me. And, and, and I, like I said, I don't want them to hate their mother, but I just need them to understand none of this is their fault. Mm -hmm. that I understand that they're suffering. I understand that, you know, all of these things are happening. And I just wish I could sit down and talk to them. Mm -hmm. I wish that I could sit down and give them a hug. Mm -hmm. I wish that I could sit down and tell them I love them. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have the opportunity to do that. See, I wish, okay, a, 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 maybe a solution, intense family therapy. I think there should be... Um, like what, what I did when I had it, I was ordered to do a psych eval because, you know, I'm so crazy and dangerous. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I looked, uh, my insurance company sent me 900, okay, 900 therapists, right? So I just closed my eyes and I went eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and I ended up with an awesome guy, okay? But I think, you know, uh, these courts should not use their own counselors or who they know. They should say, go to your um, blue, blue Cross, Blue Shield, or whatever. Service provider. Yes. And they have to be competent in child psychological abuse and intense family therapy. And when this happens, whether the kid wants to go or not, I think they, they should take the kid in there and sit down and have a powwow with you and let everybody have their say. <coughs> it has everybody to be together. Yes. It has to be together. It has to be because together. You're going to get one side, the other side, and then the therapist is going to choose based upon their worldviews, just like Judge Mann did. Right. And you need to have, because my ex-wife, she will never, never step into a room with me, with the children and a therapist. She well, then, will never do it. And she should be, she should be ordered to drop them off to a competent, we're talking competent of child psychology, uh, child psychological abuse, and have you in there with a powwow with them. And as just as a referee, like, okay, yeah. don't, don't yell at dad. Wait a minute. Just let dad have his say. Okay, dad, you have your say. Okay. Let them have their say. Uh, okay. Don't, don't yell at them. Let's just, let's just communicate. And Okay, that I think that would be a great solution. I've never had, but in my case, I know, but, I know, and I think because when I go, 
what what happened the time where I had to call the police when you were chasing Ryan around and locked and he locked himself in the bathroom? What happened the time when you let one of your friends come into your home, your rental property, and she started yelling at my daughter, chased her up into her room until my daughter took her iPad and looked goes, look, Miss Jean's chasing me. She saw me in the iPad, turned around. Then I'm texting her on the iPad and it goes blank. And then five minutes later, it's okay. I'm going to the movies. Miss Jean is gone now. Mommy said she'll never come again. And then the next day when I had her for custody, I said, did you write this? She goes, no, my ex-wife did. Oh yeah. 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 So anyway, you know, it, it, let me just, you know, kind of like wrap it up again. I will use every resource available. I will in the next couple of weeks launch criminal charges, civil charges against my ex-wife, against the judge. I'm going to, uh, and even the law firm that is representing her because they're complicit. Mm -hmm. And I will launch a uh, complaint with the Virginia Psychological uh, Association against Dr. Lindell. These are not threats. I'm not threatening anyone. These mm -hmm. are just what I'm going to do because I will no longer be a victim and let my children be victims. And at this point, um, I will hold people accountable in the mm -hmm. only way that I can. And, uh, and that's it. And, you know, I ask, you know, if you could do me a favor and you kind of like, uh, put a link to the war journal, uh, maybe, a you know, in the thing. So if people are interested in it, they can take a look at it and, uh, they can purchase it. And, I really just, it's not about the money. I make $2 on every book. Right, Amazon, yeah. Amazon makes $4. This really is about uh, the feedback that I've gotten that people are like, this helped me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure my children read this. I'm going to make sure that my friend in, who's going through mm -hmm. a really difficult situation reads this. And, and that's if I can help one person from preventing them from committing suicide or mm -hmm. doing something stupid or irrational or helping them in some way this book was a success and it already has been mm -hmm. because uh, a couple of people have reached out and said, you know, they were in a really dark place and reading the book got them out of it. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, a, and I think uh, to add on to how this book is helping, you're also shedding a light on domestic, another arm of domestic violence, which is being done to you through legal abuse. And my friend Bailey Smith, she wrote the book married to an illusion and she explains, you know, the, the personality disorders of things. And also I did that in my book too, but these books are helping people understand. But the thing is, we've got to get these kids while they're young to understand what a personality disorder is. Yeah. So they don't fall into this trap that you and I and a bunch of other people have fallen into, which helps grease and oil the machine of family court that needs to be abolished. And I think yeah. that is a solution that it needs to be abolished and CPS needs to be abolished and go under some type of reform where there is, well, that's another podcast in itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let, let me say this in closing, please keep doing your podcast. And the reason why it's so important is that you are exposing, you know, cases and individuals, and you're also bringing to light information that is very valuable um, and please keep doing it. You're doing God's work. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a big advocate and, uh, and just keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you for your kind words, but Hey, um, how can people reach you if they have any questions? I know like the books on Amazon, but if they want to ask you any questions, how can they reach you? So I have that TikTok um, channel. It's called common sense, but sense, but it's just, uh, you know, you can look for me, Jim Cisco. Um, the, the, the book, the war journal, a young Marines discovery of critical life lessons from desert storm, uh, is on Amazon. It's on Kindle, um, and a hard copy. Uh, you can Google that, but you have to put in a young Marines discovery of critical life lessons or Cisco because, mm -hmm. um, there's like 20 books called the war journal. And uh, I, I don't know if you can put a link in there or something. Oh, sure. Podcast. I think I have the link. 
I think cool. uh, our publisher, Melanie, sent me the link. Yeah, so. got it. But yeah, um, I'm hesitant to give out my uh, email address. Uh -huh. But if, if people uh, you know, want to contact me and they contact through you, you can give them my email address. Yeah, they, they can come through me. I'll, I'll be yeah. the I'll be the one. That, uh, they the can contact screener. me. Yeah, <laughs> they can contact me at dismantlingfamilycourtcorruption.com, and I will also have that in the podcast notes. So yeah. hey, uh, don't jump off. No, Slam. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Slam the gavels of podcast. Help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petri, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Jim Sisko in the future, because I'm going to have you back on, see how you're doing, and other exciting guests. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Like I said, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. All right.